Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. T here. I'm your host. Hope you guys are all doing well this weekend. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask that after listening to this video or watching it, if you find you enjoyed it or learned something, smash that like button and please subscribe. News Nation shared new details on how the crime in Moscow, Idaho unfolded. You likely have already heard about this, but these new details have brought up new questions for me. First, let's review the new details. Sources close to News Nation are saying that Kaylee Gonsalves and Maddie Mogan died first. The source also confirmed that Ethan Chapin and Zana Kurnodal died on the second floor after Kaylee and Maddie. They also said that Ethan died in the doorway of Zana's bedroom due to a slash to the neck, and Zana fought back in such a way that she repeatedly grabbed the K-bar from the perpetrator, suffering deep cuts to her fingers in the process. Of course, some of these details conflict with what the coroner, Kathy Mabbitt, said. Early on, Mabbitt stated that the students were all found in bed. She also described jabs, not slashes. Of course, no one can officially talk about the case on record, so Mabbitt can't come out right now and explain the discrepancies. I thought about these new details, and then I reflected back to what Dylan M. told the police about what she experienced on November 13, 2022, when she awoke at 4 a.m. to what she thought were the sounds of Kaylee playing with her dog up on the third floor, and then a short time later, hearing Kaylee say, there's someone here. We know now that what Dylan had to have heard was the perpetrator trying to contain Murphy in Kaylee's empty bedroom, and then him entering Maddie's room and Kaylee being aware of his presence just long enough to say those three, technically four, powerful words. There's someone here. In the probable cause affidavit, Dylan is also quoted as saying that she opened her door when she heard the comment about someone being in the house. She also stated that she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying from Zana's room. And then she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, It's okay. I'm going to help you. And we know that at 4.17 a.m., a security camera on the house to the northwest of 1122 King Road picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. That camera is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Zana's bedroom. Dylan M. stated she opened her door for a third time after she heard crying, and that's when she saw a figure clad in black clothing with a mask covering his mouth and nose walking toward her. With all those sounds of crying and a thud that was loud enough to be picked up by the next-door neighbor's security camera, and now hearing that Ethan was in the doorway to Zana's room when he died, and then Zana was forced to try and fight with the perpetrator and try and grab the sharp object from his hand, 
cutting herself in the process. If all this is true, and News Nation, in my opinion, is a reliable source, this tells me that Dylan M. had to have seen Ethan in that doorway, if not around 4.20 a.m. after the masked man walked past her and departed, then for certain when she and Bethany left their bedrooms later on that Sunday morning. These new details mean that, yes, Ethan would have been lying in the hallway, as the rumor said early on. All of this screams once again, why wasn't 911 called as soon as that masked man walked out the door? If you heard your roommate crying, and you heard a loud thud of what had to be at least one body falling to the floor, would you not want to dial 911 to try and get that person help? And even if you saw that person could not be saved, would you not wonder about the other three roommates whose lives were also at risk? News Nation's extra details makes it sound like the students were harmed in this order. Kaylee, Maddie, Ethan, and then Zana. Ethan likely stepped out to see what all the commotion was about and found himself wounded before he knew what was happening. That left Zana to see what was actually going on and to realize that if she didn't get that object out of the perpetrator's hand, it would not be good for her. All of this makes sense with the timeline the police shared, with what Zana's father said early on about her fighting back, with the rumors that swirled about Ethan being on the floor. The only thing that doesn't make sense is how Dylan M. could be up there on that same second floor with Ethan and Zana a few feet away and not see this go down. She had to have heard that thud. That alone should have made her lock her door at that point and dial 911 pronto. Okay, she was terrified. She added she was in a frozen shock state. Okay, but does that frozen shock state last all night long? until just before 11 or 11.58 a.m. Sunday morning? I have questions, and I think the lawyers will too. And anyone who fails to ask those questions is failing the victims. I'm sorry, I'm not here to victim shame. It's just that hearing that Ethan was in the doorway brings up all those same questions, and it makes them even stronger in my mind. That bedroom wasn't but a few feet from Dylan M's bedroom and her door. I'm hoping News Nation's sources can shed further light on what exactly went down on that second floor. How did Dylan M not see Ethan there? How did she not hear the thud that the camera picked up? Wouldn't she have been worried about those people's lives and if they could be saved? It's so confusing. One more thing. Did you guys hear about a Kentucky single mom sending passionate love letters to none other than suspect Brian Koberger, who she describes as, and I quote, my divine masculine and my perfect man. Koberger has also received photos from this woman who goes by the name Brittany J. Hislop on Facebook, and she claims to have a 16-year-old son. 
Fox News is reporting that she has written about her feelings for Koberger nearly every day, sometimes multiple times a day, since early January. And it quoted this, I know that the last I had heard weeks ago is that Brian is being kept isolated from other inmates, and so I know that we do both likely sleep alone, as I mentioned in a past post. End quote. Hislip wrote that in her most recent post, which was dated shortly after midnight on Friday. Hislip declared Koberger her love interest, and she wrote, I don't know if Brian is or was single when he supposedly committed the blanks, but I wonder if he and I ever would have met, if he would have liked me, and if we could have connected well, she wrote in one lengthy note. I knew it was only a matter of time before the Nutters came out and started contacting Koberger. I get the feeling he will ask for photos. Guess what? I looked her up. She's not bad looking. Of course, she is 35, and he's 28, and she has a 16-year-old son. And you've got to wonder how he feels about her writing to someone who's been accused of doing what he is. <laughs> well, you know what he's been accused of. In a recent post, she spoke of her, and I quote, sensations and desires, and she shares previous relationships that she had that didn't work out, and she called Koberger her twin flame. And this is also what she wrote, and I quote, with me being deprived of a love and sex life for so long, and only wanting one with someone I truly want wholeheartedly, with my feelings for Brian, I've had to be true to myself in reaching out to him. Oh my goodness. And there's more. Take a listen to this. Thoughts of being with him also give me sensations that I wouldn't get when thinking of someone else, because I have deep feelings for Brian and am fixated on him, although I don't know how he feels about me and if there's someone else he wants instead even though that wouldn't be ideal for my divine masculine counterpart to be that way. Although when I have thoughts of being with him in certain ways, it gives me bodily sensations that are real, although you may not understand what I'm meaning. I also feel a love for him that isn't just sexual in nature. As I've me know before, huh? The mugshot of him that I added hearts to and a pair of lip stickers, seeing that picture for the first time affected me before I added the stickers to it, and it penetrated something in me emotionally. I think Koberger's going to want to penetrate her with something that's not emotional, and it also may not be what she's anticipating, if you know what I mean. This video is definitely not going to be able to be monetized. Oh my goodness. Hislip talks about the astrological sign they both share, the water sign, Scorpio, and their alleged connection. She also talked about his physique 
and wondered if he was getting the letters that she was sending. But before we get too worked up over this, note that in 2018, she also declared her love to a guy named Cody Hall, who was jailed for fatally injuring a 50-year-old man in Pulaski County, Kentucky, and for attacking the man's sister and another woman with a sharp-edged object, according to the New York Post. And perhaps we should give this Hall person some credit, because it was later revealed that he'd blocked his admirer from visiting him in jail. This is what she talked about when she mentioned Hall. When I say I was in love with him, I mean I was completely and truly in love with him. I visited him, put money in his commissary account, wrote him letters, and I wanted to be in a loyal, committed relationship with him. Personally, I'm thinking that if a guy who's in jail or prison gets money from you and letters and visits, and then he wants to block you, there must be a good reason for that. So maybe Koberger should watch out for her. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. See you next time. Hit that like button, subscribe, leave me a comment, and I'll see you next time.